Create me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. I speak to you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. <clears throat> what a short distance from the security of you are my son, the beloved, with you I am well pleased to the dry, barren loneliness of the desert. How quickly the scene moves from the lush waters of the Jordan to the Spartan sands of the Judean desert. After the crowds of people who had come out to see John the Baptist too, to be baptized after the voice from heaven announcing his belovedness, what sheer silence in the wilderness with only rocks and stones and trees. From the security of knowing exactly who he is and whose he is, to the danger of wild beasts and seductive, troubling questions whispered in his ear, tempting him. What was it like what was it like to be all alone in the desert, surrounded by nothing, by miles of beige, rocks, scrubby bushes, reptiles skittering away, snakes slithering, lions prowling, no food, no water in sight, hot during the day, freezing at night? What did Jesus do during those 40 days. I imagine he prayed every morning and evening when he was afraid or lonely. I imagine that he walked and walked and walked looking for something, anything to fill his time looking for food, for water. Did he find amusements in the desert? Was he watching for birds and desert foxes, spying on even bears and wild boars? Did he try to befriend gazelles or desert mice, try to tell the time by the sun or the day of the month by the moon? And what were his tests? He was there for 40 days and Satan tempted or tested him. In Mark's version of the story, the tests aren't outlined. No demands for bread or for his loyalty or proofs of his identity as son of God. No, here there was just this simple, intriguing sentence. He was in the wilderness 40 days tempted by Satan, and he was with the wild beasts, and the angels waited on him. What would tempt, what could test Jesus? What might push him to the edge, stretch him to the point of breaking?
Jesus had just appeared seemingly out of nowhere to be baptized by John in the river Jordan when the heavens were torn apart, the spirit descended upon him and he heard that heavenly voice declaring him beloved. But now he's utterly alone and there's another voice, slippery, seductive, whispering in his ear. We don't know for sure what the temptations were, but I'm willing to bet my life that they were about Jesus's identity, suggesting that Jesus wasn't who he thought he was. Who was he to think he was called by God, to think he was beloved? I'm willing to bet that the temptations were to doubt God's love, doubt God's presence, doubt God's identity, doubt God's authority. How can you think that God is loving, that God loves you, when you're all alone, out in the desert, surrounded by wild beasts? The desert can be a disorienting place. When you're there, the sound is sheer silence. You stand out, clearly an interloper in the landscape, surrounded by creatures who blend in or hard to see who might be dangerous to you. In the desert, it's just you and your thoughts. There are few comforts. There are many threats. There's a lot of time to think. And no matter what, we all end up there at some point in our lives. Life might be going along swimmingly and suddenly we're pushed out into the wilderness. We're in the peak of health frightening illness. We're just doing the grocery shopping when we get the phone call, the accident, the death, the betrayal. Or we're going about our own lives when another tragedy intrudes, another shooting, more dead, the hopeless cycle begins again. In any of those deserts, those wildernesses, tests, temptations come to us, unique to us, attacking our identity. Who do you think you are? A sinister voice coils in our ear. This is just how life is. It will never get better, a voice whispers. Life is dangerous and pointless and short. Might as well do what you like, the tempter offers. Well, those are my tests in the desert. Yours might be a little different. But the great tempter 
is sure to be whispering, sure to be questioning who and whose we are. And what did Jesus do to hang on to his identity, which he clearly did because after 40 days he emerges and begins ministry, inviting all to repent, to turn again to God because the kingdom is here. Believe the good news. How did he hold on to that? I imagine that while he was alone in the desert, Jesus prayed, that he allowed the silence to become his friend, allowed the silence to show him everything about himself, his fears, his worries, the trials to come. He let it all wash over him until his mind was smooth, his soul finally had to still, and he allowed God to find him again. But this time, in the silence that surrounded him, in that silence, a still small voice pushing out all those other tempting, mocking voices. You are my son, the beloved. With you I am well pleased. Lent is the time when we emulate Christ's time in the desert. This is a time set apart, a time to make space for God to allow ourselves to be driven into the desert, the wilderness, though God knows most of us have wilderness enough in our lives. It is tempting to fill up the time of Lent with lots of shoulds and to-dos. We should give up something. We should do something useful. We should spend more time in special prayers and spiritual reading. We should feel guilty when we don't do all of that. Staying busy, surrounding ourselves with noise and distractions is our way most of the time. But this, this is a time for less, a time to allow more space, more silence, to allow all the temptations and tests that swirl around us all the time to make themselves fully known, to look at those awful voices that tempt us to question who we are, whose we are, and then to enter into that deeper silence where we hear the still, small voice. Beloved, only then when we allow God to call us by our right name, when we remember our true identity, 
Only then can we repent, turning again to God, changing our minds again so that we might hope, we might believe, we might trust, even in this sad old world, in this cynical time, that the kingdom of God is near. The time is fulfilled. There is good news to hear, to believe, to trust. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen.